0: producing audio for every need, and Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. We're back today to continue our chat with voice artist, Deb Dotzer. Now, you've been cited as the best vocal coach in Chicago by Backstage. Yeah. The-
1: I you- know, right? <laughs> what? Well, I, I, I didn't pay anybody to say that. <laughs> <him. laughs>
0: I love it. That's great, that's great. So if people are seeking help getting their voice careers going, how can they reach out to you for coaching or some kind of direction as to, you know, how they should move forward?
1: Um, well, they can just email me. Okay, um, we'll, it, we'll put this in the
0: chat, Jess.
1: I'll put it oh, at debdotzer, which is just my name, all lowercase, d2 at gmail.com. And there's a d2 because I had a debdotzer at gmail could not for the life of me remember the password, got so mad, just, yeah, so this, this is what I have. I'm like, forget it, forget it. So who knows, who knows who's emailing that, but there's a little D2 at the end there. There it is. That's yeah. great. Oh, okay, thanks, Jess, or Henrique, or whoever did it. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, a number of people have expressed interest in recording
1: audio books. What mm-hmm. advice can you give for becoming involved in that area of work? That is a a whole different animal in a way. Um, Agents, at least here in Chicago, don't really handle it because it's not enough bang for their buck, Um, like a commercial would be, or, you know, because they were getting 10% of your, you know, your earnings. So, what I would suggest, I always, nowadays, I always say take a class. It gives you a nice overview. And what you can do is compare yourself, not that you want to compare yourself, like, am I better than them? But you can kind of watch everybody else learning and go, oh, they're really good. Or, wow, I'm pretty good when I'm, you know, you kind of get an idea of, you know, first thing you should do, a guy named Sean Pratt, who's an audiobook narrator, says, go into your closet with a book and read it out loud for an hour. Yeah. If you don't go completely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, audiobook narration may be for you Um, it's a lot of work you need a lot of vocal stamina you need to really take care of your voice and and understand your instrument and understand your limitations with it um so if you do go in and read for an hour and you're like i could read for two more hours great if you go in and read for an hour and your voice is fatigued and you feel like crap you know because if you work with a producer and you're going into studio, you will record like an eight hour day with a lunch break mm-hmm. because they wanna kind of get it all done. do they wanna pay you. If you're gonna be doing it from home, you can kind of build your own schedule, but there's deadlines. Yeah. Um, I know Acting Studio has a class with Natalie Duke, um, which is great, she's great. There's a website called acx.com uh that is run by audible and amazon it's a little bit of the wild west um but it's free so you can go and sort of search around and and um you have to in order to audition for anything you have to have a a profile but they don't charge you um but you can kind of just tool around and see you know how that works for you um there's also a site called ahabtalent.com which um is mostly for the audiobooks industry. Um, You want to put together a little bit of a sample of you reading. Um, So I would suggest three samples to start. One would be like a third person omniscient narrator setting a scene, you know, like, walks down the street? It was a dark and stormy night, blah, blah, blah. Um, About a minute to two minutes in length. A lot of places will ask for longer than that, but I think that's enough to get an idea. Second one, you want to show separation of character. So pick a different book, um, preferably a male and a female character, right? Men don't have to sound like this and women don't have to sound like this, you know? Um, you don't want a Monty Python it. Find it in the in the you know, in the words, in the description, right? He mm-hmm. had a dusky southern accent. He mm-hmm. was a slow talker. She talked really fast. She was from Brooklyn, right? It'll be in there somewhere. So mm-hmm. you want to show that you can do these, you know, you can separate characters. Um, and it's subtle. doesn't have to be big. And then the third sample I would suggest um, is uh, a nonfiction, something that you're you're in invested and interested in because that will come through, right? Because even the most bland nonfiction that you can think of, somebody is interested in it and they're, you know. so you have to elicit that excitement about the most boring stuff. Um, if you have any kind of special skills, like you speak another language or whatever, find, especially for that nonfiction piece, find something that if you can speak Italian, it's set in rome and you can throw out all those you know italian words trippingly off the tongue right (laughs) um so those are the places to start um you know just know that you get paid per finished hour i think the union rate is like 230 or 250 somewhere in that range for per finished hour and per finished hour means an hour's worth of recorded audio edited ready to go yeah it does not count reading the book and reading it again and marking up your copy and figuring no. out your voices and pronunciations of things so mm-hmm. or editing if you're at home working on it and so there's a lot of work that goes into it yeah um, so sometimes i get you know people go well why would i want to do that
0: <laughs> i'm like well there you go
1: there's your answer but other people really love to read and love to do it and as they get better and are making more money and having more projects they can farm things out to people like read that book for me and edit you know they pay for it but yeah. they've got a lot of irons in the fire so they they can afford to do it you know that's great that's great wonderful advice wonderful advice <laughs>
0: uh so how has the voice business changed during the pandemic has this change been difficult to navigate for you and for other professional voice artists that you've interacted with during this time? Have you spoken with a lot of people and what what's kind of the word on the street about changes and maybe changes going forward uh, for this business?
1: Yeah, well, you know, for most of us here in Chicago, especially, you know, union performers who have been working for a while, many of us already had some sort of a home recording setup, mm-hmm. whether, you know, it was state of the art or not, yeah. you know, and. It, you know, most of us have grown it to a certain place. So for us, it was to translate it over to doing jobs from home really was just about how do we connect in real time with whoever we're working with, whether it be it Source Connect, you know, uh, Zoom, you know, uh, Skype, whatever. Yeah. And some of us were already doing things like that here and there. Um, so that didn't really change much. And the working from home, You know, it was very weird. It felt almost like, Oh, yeah, we were headed this way. Yeah, you know, I hate to say it in a way but people had been doing it. Yeah, you know, Um, I think it was a bigger deal out in LA, because people didn't really work from home, they would go into audition at their agent who had like a booth director who would direct them. Um, Some people had home studios out there, have home studios, but a lot of those people were doing promo and TV imaging work and had like consistent clientele and had to be at the ready. So I think, you know, like I saw um, Phil Lamar, who's a uh, animation and gaming voice actor, very prolific. He was like, oh my God, he was recording on a Yeti Blue uh, from home, which is a, a good mic, a good starter mic, but not necessarily yeah. like a great. Yeah. So, and a lot of studios and, and uh, produce, you know, people producing work were sending people equipment if they didn't have it. I was like, darn, I wish I didn't have any equipment. <laughs> um, so in a way, voiceover was the one thing that didn't stop mm-hmm. with the pandemic. In fact, it got a little bit busier. Um, so that was nice then it kind of got slow again because people especially in la who were like on tv shows or just film actors all of a sudden they had no work so they said to their agent put me on some voiceover stuff so all of a sudden you're like what
0: happened to all the audition?
1: <laughs> oh okay um, so i don't know years ago i was uh doing a workshop and I had a student go, tell me what voiceover was like five years ago today, and five years, what do you think five years from now? And I was like, who that's a that's a loaded question. Um, I don't want to say this because I love my agents and I think they're really important in all aspects, but voiceover is becoming increasingly more online, digital. You know, click a button, do this. Um mm-hmm. So I feel like the union and agents really should get together and go okay we got to we got to kind of figure out what's happening here or else it's all going to become the wild west unfortunately. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Wow. So tell us a little bit more about your home studio. Are you producing broadcast quality work or do uh, you, you work out for post production or how are you
1: doing it? I doing I feel like, I mean, you know, the um, the, the feedback I've gotten is like, well, wow, pretty good sound quality. It was a process, you know, as anything is. Um, I was lucky enough to be gifted a really nice sure KMS, I can never remember the numbers, but a nice studio mic. Um, bought a Scarlet interface for that. Prior to that, I was just using a USB because I was mostly just doing auditions. Um, I started off with a fabric cube with some sound panels in it and my little yeah, blue yeti and I would, you know, do it in my dining room I lived in a little tiny place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I got a closet, small, but I could do it. Still had the cube, but clothes, okay. Now I actually have a dedicated space that has like acoustic tile Ooh. that I kind of put that double-sided tape and stuck it all up there. Okay. Um, and a light, which is very cool. One of those sensor lights, it's bright, awesome. And my, I have a Mac, so it's pretty quiet. You gotta watch out for, you know, fans and stuff, but my little MacBook Air seems to be good. And I put my little, there was a shelf perfectly sized, oh. put the thing there, plug all my stuff in, shut my closet door and uh, I'm good to go. That's great. Uh, a good friend of mine, cause I'm not, you know, I didn't study audio engineering. Nobody who does voiceover really has, maybe a handful of people. So I have a good friend who's a, an audio engineer. He and I also produce demos together and he uh, helps people set up home studios. So he kind of came and set all my levels for me and showed me what they were and this is the best way to do it so that I didn't have to, you know, if you want your tech to be, I don't have to think about it. Yeah, and consistent. Yeah, consistent, you go in and you just do your thing. Is that the important part? Yeah. Um, So, you know, so that's kind of the the evolution. People always think that the recording software is the most important thing. It is not. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can record on GarageBand, you can record on Audacity, it's free. Um, You know, whatever you're comfortable with. The Mm -hmm. mic is important. You want a good, decent mic and the soundproofing is the most important. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. That's yeah. great. this is wonderful <laughs> advice.
0: It's really hands-on good stuff for people to be able to use. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, then you know that's my job. I tell people real stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you yeah. know, we were chatting a little bit before we started today about how you have adapted your voice classes to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how your classes ordinarily work and how you've managed to meet the class
1: objectives virtually. Well, I just saw that Brian Plaharchek made a comment in here. Hi, Brian. Yes, give, <laughs> hey, Kressel. Dave Kressel is the man. Um, Brian and I both teach at Columbia, so we teach the same class. So we always kind of confer and go, what are you going to do? Um, and we you know, follow a, a, the same syllabus, but we kind of do it in our own way. So the learning objectives, I think, Pretty much stayed the same. I mean, you know, it's how, you know, breaking down copy. I don't have the learning objectives in front of me, but breaking down copy, understanding the different types of commercial copy and animation and gaming and audiobooks we touch on. Um, you know, uh, we have an agent and we have Kathy Byrne from SAG after come in. So, understanding what an agent does and what the union does and all that. So, all of those are in the learning objectives. So, that was not something difficult to translate mm-hmm. over um uh the hardest part for me watching them is mic technique because they're all some of them have a mic at home some of them don't yeah. um you know but getting them in that studio and showing them the distance and having that ex- putting yeah. their script on the music stand as they would in a studio they don't get and that kind of sucks mm-hmm. because that's that's a really important thing. I can talk about it, but they're not experiencing it. Yes. Um, when we're not in pandemic times, we take them to a professional studio um, for a class where they get to record in the booth and talk to the engineer. And so, of course, we couldn't do that. Um, but we substituted having Dave Cressel, that Brian mentioned, uh, who's my engineer pal, come in and we do uh, a Source Connect Now session with them, so they don't have to buy anything, but yeah. they can get that experience, which yeah. I think was helpful, even though it was kind of a pain in the neck and you know sort of difficult, it was like herding cats to get them all to, um, and herding cats and trying to figure out because I was trying to do things with them while they all and then I was like, no, I'm just gonna have us go. You wait for your email, sit in yeah. front of your computer, and um, but. He, uh, some of them, you know, oh, I was running out of battery power. Yeah, well, you got to have your computer booted up, dum-dum, right. you know, or I didn't have my mic set up. Right. You know, so they yeah. kind of got a real world, how to troubleshoot stuff. Yeah. That can happen. Right. And will happen. Will happen. There's going to be smooth sailing. Um, so I feel like that was a kind of a helpful switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, if they down the road go, oh, source can, yes, I, I vaguely remember yes. um, how to do that, you know? And you just have some real world experience mm-hmm. since we can't take them to um, a studio. Yeah. But other than that, I, I really feel like other things translated pretty well. You know, it was mostly just the real world booth experience that we couldn't couldn't really yeah. have. Yeah, and then you were talking about being able to work
0: with them one-on-one. And, and just scheduling them when to join the, the Zoom.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, cause I feel like in in a, even though I would do it in the class, you know, it was just hard because people would check out. I mean, like I said, people would check out even in the real class. <laughs> so, I, you know, and I felt like I wanted to do something a little bit special and make sure they all had a little time where I could really focus just on them. So. Yeah. It was usually just one class, but I would just schedule like 10 or 15 minutes, and we'd work on some scripts and, you know, talk about stuff, and uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and how many students are in your class generally? 16. 16. That's a a nice workable number. That's good.
1: It started out as 12, which is a much more workable number, which is (laughs) what the acting studio has. 16 it went up to 16 and you know it's a lot especially the sea of faces you know yeah or, yeah. No, or no faces oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know on the um so you're not sure you know you're not really sure who's engaged and who's yeah. not you yeah. know i mean in in you know in the classroom i can be like can you put away your phone and pay attention you know because i'm like these all these directions i'm giving to that person Right. you know, to, you. to help you down the yeah. road. You know, it's not yeah. just about them. Right, it's right. Harder to do that, you know, with everybody, you know, and also, you know, we had to sort of be aware. I feel like we also had to be like counselors, which we have to be anyway, but we had to be aware of people's living circumstance, sure. what their, you know, what their Wi-Fi was like, you know, people were popping in and out, you know, if they kept yeah. their their screen off, it wasn't necessarily out of disrespect. It might've been, you know, they just didn't want us to see their environment or they didn't feel comfortable in that place. You know. Or maybe so, there are other
0: people in the household that they're trying to preserve their privacy or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, or other people working. I mean, like, you know, I've got my my you know senior in high school in the other room, you know, so yeah. we all had our our constraints. Yeah. So you had to also be respectful of that and not yeah. judge someone if they never put their camera on absolutely so tell me speaking of your family
0: how have you kept your spirits up and how have you kept your family encouraged your children during this time
1: Ooh, well it was hard um Mm -hmm. i have an older son he lives elsewhere um and you know he you know he's 22 so he was kind of working Mm -hmm. he dropped out of school Mm -hmm. because he didn't he's going to an art school he didn't want to go with it being online. Because he was taking things like a darkroom photography class and a 16 millimeter film class. And like, yeah, no, then it all had to go digitally. He's like, I know how to do that. Yeah. Um, My younger son is a senior in high school. So ending his junior year, starting out senior year, um, was hard, you know, I mean, in some ways I think he didn't mind being home because he's he's a bit shy and you know so but after some point the 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 illness factor was really big you know it was very hard and he i think basically understandably i mean i'm a single mom he i think he just didn't want me to die so he yeah. was very concerned about stuff yeah. so i mean the good news was that i had to translate like four classes online so I, I right in the beginning I was pretty busy because I was just starting like two weeks after we got on lockdown a class at DePaul. So I had to oh oh no, we're freezing a little bit. We are? Uh oh. I was, I don't know. Um so I did translate, yeah, my internet connection is unstable. I did translate two classes fully online that I wasn't expecting, and then yeah. half class. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was great, but it kept me busy. So I was yeah. sort of, um, it really wasn't until this semester for me that I was like, oh my God. And yeah. I found that my students and my everybody was like, can we just be done? Yeah, yeah, people are tired, they're fatigued. The yeah. <laughs> news was my son uh, got, into, got into college and got a really nice scholarship, yay. Great. So that kind of, he was like, yeah, I'm yeah. good. You know, so yeah. it wasn't like, you know, seeing spirits. Yeah, Senioritis yes. It's yeah. coupled with COVID, you know, coupled with getting, you know, a nice scholarship and going to a school you really want to go to. Thank you, Jess. Yeah. He was like, good, I'm yes. done. I That's know it's
0: fantastic.
1: You know. Yeah. So so, so. For all of us, a pandemic has been
0: challenging, but it has also been a double edged sword for many, mm-hmm. allowing time and opportunity for new projects. So have there been any silver lining things uh about the pandemic for you have you had any opportunity to develop new skills
1: or cultivate new interests or anything like that um well no new interests because i've been pretty busy teaching (laughs) um yeah i didn't get to do any sourdough bread cooking (laughs) or anything (laughs) like that but um yeah even though i totally didn't want to do it and teaching online was daunting Mm -hmm. um you know, they always say that you need to learn something new to keep your brain going. So I learned a lot of new things. So that was good. I mean, and and after it was all done, I felt like I had really accomplished something. Right. And then when I started to do the teaching and I felt like, oh, this is translating well and this works okay, that made me feel really good. Um, you know, Other than that, I wish, I I think the other silver lining for me was, you know, I'm working. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yep. You know, I could have not been working and also my kids are older. Mm -hmm. Like if this had happened, I started teaching at Columbia in 09. So if this had happened in 09, nightmare city. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd have younger kids. Like I know I talked to Jess, I'm like, I don't know how you doing it girl. I know, I
0: know. It's really, it's really something. I don't, I don't know how women with children at home are managing it. I, you know, my hat is off to them. Without oh anything.
1: my gosh. I know, especially guy, you know, younger. I mean, I just go, that would have been because yeah. they were like six and 10. Yeah. You, know? you yeah. know, they need so much and you need to be. Yeah. You know i have an 18 year old like yeah he needs stuff but pretty much dude can get himself some food you know i mean so yeah so i just feel so blessed you know in that because even though it sucks for everybody you know i just know a lot of people are struggling a lot more and it and it's so i feel like i've found a a different kind of gratitude than i had previously
0: which is really
1: important Yeah. yeah And for other people and people's struggles, you know, I've struggled, but to sort of go, you know, that, you know, to and to recognize privilege too, you know. That's right. And to just be grateful for what you have and and the life that you
0: have, you know, because some people are having it so much worse. So you're very fortunate. Well, Deb, what a dynamic woman you are. I'm so (laughs) happy to have had this opportunity to chat with you. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by ThePrivateMusicStudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at greta We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.